Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. This show is sponsored by Kingdom Builders Live. I want to tell you about Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy because I did something very unusual. I actually went to them and asked them to sponsor this podcast. The reason I did that is because of the amazing results that they've been getting for everyday Christians over the last five years, turning them into best-selling authors, high-ticket coaches, and successful public speakers. If you're looking to make your first 100K as a writer, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur, I give my highest recommendation to Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy. I personally gone through her training and I hired her to be my coach to help me get to the next level in my business. Now, Tamara Lowe is a New York Times bestselling author and has worked with world leaders like George Bush, Billy Graham, Colin Powell, Mother Teresa, Peyton Manning, and many more. She is recognized as the number one expert in teaching Christians how to increase their income, impact, and influence. Now, coming up very soon, Tamara is putting on a free three-day live online event called Kingdom Builders Live that will show you how to go from zero to six figures in as little as 12 weeks as an author, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur. You can get all the details and register for free at www.kingdombuildersevent.com. And when you use that link to register for free, Tamara has even agreed to send you a free copy of her best-selling book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your God-Given Purpose. This is something she is doing exclusively for my listeners of this show. So register now for Kingdom Builders Live and get a free copy of Tamara Lowe's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. Listen, if you've ever wanted to write best-selling books, impact lives as a public speaker, launch your own coaching program, create online courses, or start an online business, then your next best step is to register for Kingdom Builders Live, a free three-day live online event. You could grab your free ticket now and get a free copy of Tamara's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. That's kingdombuildersevent.com. And now on to today's show. 
Today, my featured guest is John Ramstead, and he is a keynote speaker and trainer, a former combat Navy pilot, fighter pilot. Uh, he's a leadership coach and international podcast host. John was named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 12 podcasts leaders need to listen to. So if you're a leader, this show is for you. If you're an aspiring leader, this show is for you. So listen up, grab your pen and paper. John's going to drop some wisdom on you. Now it is John's purpose and joy to launch individuals, uh, companies, and government organizations into their full potential. So BC Nation, if you feel like you're not living out God's plan for your life, if you're stuck in identifying your full potential, you know there's something blocking you. You just can't get your arms around that big rock. It's a boulder now. It's too heavy for you. And you need help with it. Well, I think John's going to give you some answers today. So again, pay attention. Uh, you can find John at beyondinfluence.com, beyondinfluence.com. John Ramstead, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead, take a minute, uh, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? All right, Joseph, first of all, just great to be with you and uh, love what you're doing. Uh, a couple gaps in the intro. Grew up in uh, Minnesota, went to an all-boys Catholic military high school. That's when I knew my parents didn't love me. Just saying. <laughs> I get no, it. I'm just kidding. Um, I was, I got to tell you, I wasn't, it, it, I wasn't a fan, but I did end up going in the military, had an amazing experience, uh, got to fly combat in Desert Storm, got orders to go to Top Gun, which was this dream come true. And then I get hit with a softball and I have some nerve damage to my eye and my my dream, my identity, everything ripped away, which actually like you, you said something interesting before we started, right? You got to become an entrepreneur when you realize you're just not wired to work for somebody else, right? You got to go. And I realized I really wasn't wired to work for other people after I got out of the military. And that's started a long entrepreneur journey, which then led to 10 years ago, I had a, a life altering accident, which then it was okay. kind of really chapter three or four of this very long, long story so far. We're going to get into that, I think, today. Before we do, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. When I was a kid, I was deathly afraid of heights. When I was a kid, I, I'll never forget, I was, uh, we were moving into a new house. And you know how when everything's unfinished and, you know, framed up and the mm -hmm. stairs are just, you know, planks. I was a little four-year-old and I was crawling up the stairs and I thought I was going to fall into the basement and I absolutely froze up. Even when I, I was in middle school, I would, whenever the house was all finished, I would run up those stairs two at a time. And when I told my friends that I wanted to go in the Navy and fly, every single person who knew me as a kid just absolutely just belly laughed that I, that, that they're like, you can't do it. I wouldn't even climb a tree. So that's, that's something that people probably don't know about me. So real quick answer on that. How'd you get past it? Well, crazy story. So um, senior year in high school at St. Thomas Academy in Minnesota, we go to uh, a senior trip and like, okay, this is going to be kind of fun. And then I, 
they announced that we're going to go to Taylor's Falls and go cliff jumping. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, no, like hard pass on this deal. And we're at the top of a hundred foot cliff. And one of my buddies on the football team, um, I don't know. I, I won't even get within 20 feet of the edge of this cliff. Like it was freaking me out. But I looked at my buddy, Larry, and I did like this three spotter at like 50 miles an hour. And boom. And actually what shattered when I hit the water was honestly this, this fear and this whole cage of limiting beliefs that honestly it was interesting. That experience for me was like this inflection point where I started to actually see that I actually could do some things way beyond what I thought I could do. So interesting way that you can have some breakthroughs. And it also kind of hurt a lot. Wow. I bet it did. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. Like, Man, that guy set you free. God uses others, right? Yes, he to, does. To set us free sometimes in different areas where we feel stuck. So let's bring God into this conversation. How did you first experience God? Paint us a picture and tell us that story. And I don't mean like the first time you were saved and or you were raised you know, with religion and rules and kind of forced into it, going through the motions, but the first time you actually experienced God in a relationship. Paint us a picture. Tell us that story. April 1994, Joseph. Um, long journey, you know, raised up in the church, but never connected to like a personal relationship. It was, you know, uh, I really think I had a really good foundation of ethics, morals, values, but it wasn't a part of my life at all. Mm-hmm. And man, after I had, this was after, this was in my process of getting out of the military. My identity had been ripped away as a fighter pilot, had no idea what was next. And I was in a bookstore looking um, at business books because I like I got like I don't know what to do outside of the military, and this gentleman came up next to me and just started chatting with me like What are you looking for? Well, he became this mentor of mine, and he started to just coach me and disciple me and mentor me, and I didn't even realize it. And he started to invite me to church, so he invited me to a church service. It actually was John Maxwell's church before he started doing what he's doing now. Skyline Wesleyan. This is in San Diego. And he doesn't do this very often, but he had an altar call. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting there in my chair and he's sharing the gospel and I'm just sweating. And do you know that I, uh, he's calling people forward and I go to get up and my wife grabs my arm and yanks me back into the, my chair. This is in church and says, don't you embarrass me. <laughs> I'm not so being the man of the house, you know what I said? Yes, dear. I said, yeah. That's exactly what I said. Yes, dear. <laughs> and then pastor goes, hey, you know what? There's one person. There's one more person, and we're going to wait. And I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, go, come on. Somebody's got to go up there. And then he goes, no, there's one more person. The next thing I knew, I was up front. And he's praying to, I'll never forget this, as he's praying for us, you know, the the prayer, and I'm praying, and I just feel myself being filled from the feet up, like like cool water is replacing black coffee. And I'm literally weeping uncontrollably. And I feel uh, Jeff, the guy who invited me, put his hand on my shoulder, like a like a strong, firm hand on my shoulder. And I, I thought it was Jeff. And I turned around uh, you know, to look at Jeff and there is nobody there. And I can still feel the hand on my shoulder. It gives me goosebumps to this day. It was the hand of Jesus on my shoulder, just saying, I got you as I'm praying. And that's the first time I truly felt and experienced God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, 
all wrapped together in one. It, it was a transformative moment, Joseph. Mm. Wow. BC Nation. If you haven't experienced God in that kind of way, what are you waiting for? Don't you want to? Seriously. John experienced God that way. I've experienced God that way. We're not special, are we, Joseph? Uh, no, we're actually, you know, yeah, we're broken. We're broken. God wants, God has that in store for every one of us. God loves the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. Right? The one sheep that ran away from the 99. BC Nation, if you're that one sheep, the black sheep in your family, come on, put your hand up. God wants you. He wants to put his hand on you and say, it's okay, I got you. So maybe you just haven't asked him the right way yet. Or you haven't asked him in a way where you actually believed he would. Right? You held back something. You resisted something. Speaking of resisting, John, if you were to be 100% transparent right now, Real? Where, ha where have you resisted God the most in your life? You know, after that experience, honestly, I felt, I thought that things would get a little bit easier because that, those were some, that was a very hard transition. Then I become an entrepreneur and you know what? I had some real adversity. I had a business partner who cheated on me. I had to declare bankruptcy. It was, it was hard. And then I get into another industry. I'm working 80 hours a week. And then, you know, 2000 hit. And within 90 days, everything I'd built, the company, everything was gone. And you know where I resisted was, I, I guess, I don't know if resistance is the right word, but I, I think it was like this slow fade where I stopped really trusting God. And I started putting together my own business plan. I'd say, God, bless this. Bless what John created. And at the, if I had a good year, I'd be like, you know, awesome, thanks. And if I didn't, I'm like, fine, I'm just going to work harder myself. And I think what happened, Joseph, in that, what I really resisted was, was being in his service and trusting him as a partner. I, what I did is I started leaning into my own understanding, in my own work ethic, into my own skills. And then, you know, fast forward 20 years into this entrepreneurial career, I was at the top of my game the outside looking in and inside I was, I was not only empty, I was miserable. I, I describe it. And when I wrote my book, reflecting back on it as this place of just smoldering discontent, because I had, I was just, I had just, you know, think about when you're flying an airplane, if I'm going to fly to Hawaii from New York and I'm just off a couple degrees, if I don't really have a good, you know, bearing on where to go, I can be thousands of miles off course over the ocean running out of fuel instead of landing in Hawaii to enjoy a nice vacation. And I was that guy somewhere over the ocean running, running on fumes. Man, I think you just described most of our lives mm -hmm. and the end of most of our lives, the deathbed confessions, the regrets. And we're thousands of miles away off of the trajectory, right? That, that target that we set for ourselves, our intentions. And we're like running out of fuel, life force, and crashing in the ocean, right? And it's like, 
It was just a few degrees off. A few small decisions. Mm -hmm. A few small decisions. BC Nation, if you know there's one or two of those small decisions that you've been making that are the wrong decisions or less than God's best for you, please understand that you have just changed your destination by thousands of miles. It's time to adjust. The good news is it's easy to adjust a few degrees than it is to adjust thousands of miles, isn't it? Yes, and if you're thousands of miles of off, just like I was, and you really reconnect with with the Lord, he can just he can just chart a new path right back to that destination that was meant for you um, pretty quickly. Although in the moment, your human mind, it doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. And, and man, that is a place of just joy and hope and celebration. That That's what I found. Yes. So John, BC Nation, my listener right now is like, well, John, you got me all revved up. How do I do it? How do I adjust? How do I get back to God? If I feel a little off course, what did you do? Well, what I, what, what I did, Joseph, I don't recommend for anybody because <laughs> 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 here's what happened is, okay. So I'm in this place of smoldering discontent and I gotten involved in um, some a number of different nonprofits. Anyway, I get invited to a retreat up in Montana. And we're going to go horseback riding uh, to the back of this ranch and have lunch with this really neat group, small group of people. And I don't know, are you, I mean, you grew up in Long Island, so you must be quite the equestrian, I'm guessing, Joseph, right? Oh, big Bro. time, man. I'm surrounded by here in Tampa, Florida. Like my, oh, I bet you are. My family lives in equestrian country. Yeah. Okay. So some of your listeners might get this, but anyway, I'm the first one saddled on this horse and all of a sudden this horse, um, just bolts and takes off. We're in this branch of Montana, big open space. And I'm laying flat on my back and his rump is pounding me in the shoulder blades. And I'm scared to death. I'm going to flip off the back of this horse and get kicked in the head and get killed. So I do the one thing I can think of at the time. And that is to squeeze with my legs as hard as I can. Now, what I'm telling the horse to do, because I never read the manual and I didn't know this was to go faster. And this guy absolutely responded. The guy lit the afterburners. And we are at a flat out gallop and I get my weight back on the, on the horse and I'm looking ahead and we're heading straight at a steel corral fence about 80 yards in front of me. And we're getting closer and closer and I can't get him to turn. I can't get him to stop. And I literally start panicking. My, my brain just spins out of control. I mean, I've been in combat. I've been, in, you know, shot at, um, I've raised three teenagers. Nothing had prepared me for this. Enemy fire, teenagers. Enemy fire. This is like I like my brain spinning out of control. And I'll never forget, like 20 yards, 10 yards in front of the fence at a full gallop still. It's like you know, you have the adrenaline rush and time slows down. And I remember thinking, this is not gonna end well. That's the last thing I remember. The horse came into the fence and bucked so hard he flipped over and slammed into the fence rump first. And when he did that, he launched me Superman headfirst into a steel corral fence. I crushed the entire left. I broke every bone in my skull except my jaw and my right cheekbone, crushed the left side of my skull, broke my neck, shattered my shoulder, crushed my rib cage, broken ribs, punctured my lung, woke up on the ground into more pain than I could ever describe to anybody. 
I, I, I mean, I didn't even know how bad I'd just broken my body. Screaming, yelling, I don't even know that I'm doing this. And everybody around's holding me down. And then all, one of the guys that was there said, all of a sudden, John, you just, I just saw you were like so completely, it looked like you sunk into the ground. Like, I thought I just watched you die. And Joseph, in that moment, I was in God's presence. He was standing next to me. And the first thing that happened is it was these waves that were emanating from him, like this power. And it had a physical weight to it. Like you're in Tampa, like when you go down to the beach and the waves at the ocean are coming in, they're washing over your body. It literally had a weight like washing over me, a physical weight. And what it was, was unconditional love. Mm. And I remember laying there as soon as I felt it, the, the instant I felt it, the first thought I had, I'll never forget this, was that I wasn't worthy of somebody loving me like this because of what I knew in that moment that anything and everything I'd ever done or said or did, good, bad, or otherwise, was not even relevant to the love that God has for me and the relationship he already has with me that he wants me to join him in. That moment changed my life, altered it, transformed it permanently. Because until that moment, I never really understood reading scripture and going to church and hearing some amazing sermons the true nature of God about how much he actually loved me. And as that was washing over me, all that pain and panic and fear was completely taken away. It was gone. It wasn't even a memory. It was gone. And then he spoke to me. It was a voice that came from everywhere and nowhere. And it wasn't to my ears. It was almost felt like this consciousness flowing through me as he communicated. Um, and what he's, the first thing he said to me was, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And Joseph, where I was at the time, I didn't even know that that came from Romans. That's Romans 8, 28. And then he said, John, use my name. Very powerful thing. He said, John, I'm going to heal you and use this for my glory. And then he said, he said this with mirth. This was not a rebuke, which is interesting. He said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? Which comes from Job. And you, you look at the, I didn't know that either, by the way. And as soon as he said that, I knew that my left eye was permanently blind, which it is. All the bones behind the eye socket had shattered and severed the optic nerve. They didn't even actually medically figure that out until six months later. And I, I opened my eyes and I said to the woman next to me, she's the paramedic. I'm like, God's here. You don't have to worry. It's going to be okay. Like my head is caved in. She's like, yeah, I don't know. She told me later, like, yeah, she didn't think I was going to live until lifelike came. She's like, yeah, boy. she's a believer too, by the way. She's a Christian. She's like, yeah, not, that's not happening. I've never seen that happen before. Um, that's when things change because, uh, can I share another part of the story, Joseph? No, no, nah, nah, this is boring me. Come on. All of right. course, share it. What are you kidding? So I got to tell you, so a few days after this, I'm in the hospital and hooked up. I got like seven IVs in me and pain is off the charts and, um, I'll never forget, I had post-traumatic amnesia. I was actually spent five weeks in the ICU and then 20 months at a specialty hospital with a severe traumatic brain injury. I've had, I had 23 surgeries during this recovery. So I'll tell you this, God did not heal me the way, heal me the way that I expected to be healed, first of all. Um, but I'll never forget, uh, after the accident, 
my wife is sitting next to my bed. The neurosurgeon comes in and he goes, listen, we got to do a, a craniotomy. We got to basically take, there's so much damage. We have to take off your entire skull and go fix everything. If you have a chance to live. And she's, he's explaining the surgery, not to me, but to my wife sitting next to me. I have this post-traumatic amnesia in those five weeks. I literally have three memories. This is one of the three. And he asked my wife, does John have a will? And most importantly, a living will, because the chance of what I was hearing was the chance of the surgery being successful wasn't very good. And he shared with her the chance of John being the person you remember is remote. And she's like, well, hey, we just redid our will. And, you know, we, we were actually going to sign it when John got back from this trip. And he said, could you please go call the attorney and get everything faxed up here? I really would like to have John sign that before we go into surgery. And they leave the room. And I'm sitting there. You know, you're talking about a deathbed confession. I'm 45 years old. And here's what I was certain of, even though I just had this experience a few days prior in God's presence. What I was certain of in that moment was next weekend was my funeral. And you start playing the tape. Whatever age you are right now, everybody listening out there, if this was you and it was next weekend, and I got to tell you, at first it felt pretty good because I started thinking, hey, he, you know, you Jeff Jeff connected us, right? What would Jeff say? What would my wife say? Like you were imagining all this great stuff. And then I really started thinking, hey, what would they really say about me at the back of the church? When the service was over, everybody's rooting around for the fried chicken and potato salad. And what would they say a year later? And I got to tell you, one of the thoughts I had, Joseph, was uh, the first thing that crossed my mind is Donna. My, I've been married 32 years now. And my three boys, are they going to be okay? Have I left them enough? Have I done enough? Do I have insurance? You know, what? that is what you leave to somebody. That's an inheritance. And I, and I processed through that. But then I really started thinking about legacy. What have I left in my wife? What have I left in my kids? What have I left in my friends, colleagues? What have I... Have I lived a life so the use of this life that God has given me would outlive my life? Would it have a kingdom impact? Would it, would it be of count? And I was so convicted. And as I recovered, Joseph, what connected me as I saw two things in the past, what I was always looking for was purpose and calling and what is that and a lot of the my spin i don't know if spins the right word but kind of my my perspective on that was in ways that give me more credibility more influence and more power right it was kind of self-focused and i never felt like i connected to it like i never got my assignment and it was frustrating i don't know if nobody else anybody else out there can relate to that and what i found was i was going about it backwards my quest as I recovered, and I had a lot of time, I mean, two years when I got discharged from the hospital two years later, uh, because of the brain injury, I still only had about eight to 10 hours a week that I could even work and, and think I had to learn how to speak again and walk again and think again and drive. And it was a long process. But my what I did was I read through the Bible for the first time cover to cover because I wanted to know this God who loved me so intensely and saved me. I had this deep desire to understand the nature of God. You know, in, in Luke, John, you know, Jesus says, I want you to call me friend. I was like, 
that's who I felt was there with me at the accident was a friend. Somebody asked me that afterwards, like, what, how would you describe him in that moment? I'm like, only word that came to my mind was a friend, like a, a friend beyond any you've ever had. And in that, I was also trying to, I'll never forget, because I was working with a coach, Joseph, and I'm like, okay, as I'm putting the pieces back together, I got to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I've been given this amazing second chance, this, right, I should not be here what do I do? Like, I felt like this weight, this responsibility. And I, and I said to my coach, I said, you know what, I got to figure out how I'm wired and then I can figure out what I'm supposed to do. And he said, well, what if we asked that a different way? He goes, what if you asked yourself, how did God wire you? And what did he wire you for? And I got to tell you, Joseph, that set me on this journey to figure out who did I see in the mirror? All my limiting beliefs, my experience, how I've processed everything in my life, and what does God see when he looks at me? And I got to tell you, as I studied the nature of God and understood who he made me to be, and I closed that gap between my real identity and my created identity, all of a sudden, it was like the mist cleared and that purpose, that calling, that mission for me was right there in front of me and had been the whole time. And I was, and I knew exactly that next small step for me to take. And that's what it took. And that's my message is you don't have to get thrown into a fence to go on a journey of a deep personal relationship with Jesus on your own. BC Nation, come on. Very important to understand that what John is speaking here is not John's story. This is God's story told through John's life. God's story, he's waiting to tell through your life. This is what your purpose is. It's a chapter in the, the book, so to speak, yeah, of God's love for his children. And he wants to share that chapter with the world through you, through your life, the way he's doing it with John. Don't you feel connected with John right now? It's not John per se, it's what's coming through John. Right? And God has that message of love for you in your life. And even if you've said, hey, I've tried already, John. I've tried. I've sought God's purpose. I've asked him. I've been on my knees for 42 years. I still don't know. Well, John's inviting you, I think, the same way his coach invited him, to look at things a little differently. What if you're going about it the wrong way? And that little shift can change the end result, yeah? Bottom line, you want to get your purpose. So, John, at the end of this, I'm going to uh, invite you to give a homework assignment to BC Nation. And we're right about at the completion of today's conversation. Um, so just sit with it for a moment. And I want you to give them the homework assignment this week uh, to think about or change the way they've been thinking about their purpose so that they can actually go get it from God. So what is that actual tool that or assignment or action they can take uh, this week? Okay, so just sit with that for a moment. Yeah. And uh, it kind of leads to my next question, but uh, I think you may have answered it. Why do you think 90% of people are, are struggling to find their purpose? I 
I think it honestly is as simple as we don't know our identity in Christ. We're living, our mind is stuck in the world and God wants our mind transformed to one that is with him and is, and is transformed in thinking in, in, in spirit, which is in cooperation and partnership with him. How do you do that if you don't know who he is and you don't know who he created you to be? I That is simple, but it's not easy. How's that? I get it. So let me ask you this. What was your number one spiritual habit uh, that helped you uh, grow that relationship with God of who he is, who you are to him, and the purpose he's called you to? What's What was that number one spiritual habit? Number one was uh, what I would call abiding. And if you look in the Bible, the word abide is is everywhere. But here's how I do that. Uh, this morning I was reading Ephesians 3. I'll read through the entire chapter. I won't just read verse. I'll read through the entire chapter and then I'll go back and read it slowly and ask Holy Spirit to say, hey, where is there something in here you want me to pull out and learn? And then I'll, like this morning, I landed on the word in Ephesians 3, 7, minister. I'm like, okay, what, what does minister mean? In the original and well, I won't go into the lesson that God taught me this morning, but I'm actually partnering with God, going through it, looking at other scriptures that relate to it, look at the original language. And in that, I'm basically just sitting on my knees in front of the Lord being taught, but I'm being taught in a way that's like what he personally wants to share with me that is relevant for that small thing that I need to do today. And that has been a habit that has just expanded not only my relationship with him, but possibility, my horizons, my level of joy, the healing of my marriage, all kinds of great things. BC Nation, you've heard it here on this show before with many other guests. Their spiritual habit is quiet time with God in the mornings. In the mornings, very important. You're rested. You don't have all the concerns and fears of the world built up yet uh, of the new day and just sitting in God's presence, sitting in the classroom of silence, being taught by your maker. Mm -hmm. This is what John's talking about. I've done this as well. This is where I experienced God. This is where he renewed my mind to my real identity. God, what's my identity? Like, who do you say I am? Not who the world says I am, not who I see when I look in the mirror, not who my parents told me I was or other relationships. Who do you say I am? And I asked him that repeatedly. And every day he gave me a little more of that answer until it completed. Yeah. Go get that for you. All right. So, John, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Let's uh, bring it. Bring it. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. What's your least favorite thing about God? Oh. Oh, my goodness. This is the... You know what? His love, because you know that love requires service. It means letting go of self. 
that was a hard process. Yeah, love is a two-edged sword. It's the feel-good and then it's the sacrifice. Yeah. Right? For real. Yeah, that's how Jesus' life looks, right? Yep. All right, so John, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Uh, you know, vision. Everything I've done in the last 10 years, I feel like it's prepared me for the next season, but I literally have no idea what that is. And we're in the, it feels like I'm in a period of transition. And it's a place where I absolutely just have to trust God completely because my own mind doesn't know the next step, but I know God does. It's so uncomfortable for that little control freak that runs our brain, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What are you most afraid of? We know it's not heights. It's not heights anymore. Um, you know what I'm most afraid of is honestly just not serving my wife and my kids um, to my fullest ability is getting back into those old habits where I started depending on myself and not just trusting God and on every step. Yeah, I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Uh, being busy. You know what I mean? Like you're an entrepreneur, right? You all of a sudden you're like crazy busy and you look back and six months you go, well, nuts. Did I make a huge giant leap toward my vision, my mission? Like, no, but I made money and I was busy and I was, I was busy being busy last year. And that is a shift and a change that's going to happen this year. Yeah. Cause now you're off course, right? Mm-hmm. Got to get back on course. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, secret fear I have about people. Nothing really comes to mind. I think in the past, I really feared people's agendas and motives um, because I was, my identity was, um, I was allowing my identity to be given to me by others versus being, I really feel like right now, Joseph, I'm so rooted in my identity in Christ that what happens in the world to me doesn't affect me like it used to. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That un- that he loves me unconditionally, that he truly is a friend. It took me 45 years to really figure that out. Yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Oh, well, my biggest one is um, working out. I got, you know what, I'm now 55. So I got a I got 50 years left in me, I'm guessing. So I got to run the race strong, brother. So I've lost 50 pounds over the, over the last nine months. I had COVID and was hospitalized. It was bad nine months ago. I was healed in a crazy, another crazy story. But I want to get back to the shape I was in back when I was in the military. Mm. That's going to happen it. this year. I love it. You hear that certainty, BC Nation? He's claiming it. He's praying it as if it's already been granted. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Oh, being on my phone before I go to bed and as I wake up before I come down for my quiet time. Ah, such it a rookie habit move. I've been working on breaking. It's a rookie it sucks me in. Man, it, you, psh, you know day better. Wrecker. Day know. wrecker. That phone day wrecker. Pick three words to describe who you are now, John. 
I would say uh, strategic, equipper, friend. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God on the ground against the fence. Oh, selfish, um, workaholic, and jack wagon. <laughs> jack wagon. For anyone overseas listening who doesn't know what jack wagon means, kind of like an a hole, you know, you know, it's a little bit of that. The polite okay. way to say that I was kind of a jerk. He was a jerk. This guy's a jerk. And bonus round, last question, John. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife in the eye, your kids, and give them only one piece of advice about God, what would you say to them? I would just say you are loved more than you know, and regardless of what you're going through, just trust God in all things. Have that hope in Jesus because it will, with certainty, work out. Awesome. Homework assignment time, John. You've been sitting with it. What's one action BC Nation can take this week to grow their faith, their trust in God, and to get their purpose? One thing, let's start working on your identity. Let's move your identity from that person that you're seeing in the mirror and start rooting stuff out and moving toward what God sees. I think one of the things that I had to work really hard on is understanding my, my core values, those values that are unique to, I believe, each one of us that God sowed into us before we were even formed. And I wrote an entire chapter of my book on how I did that, how I bring my clients through it. And you, you guys can just have it for free. There's no obligation, no follow-up. Just go to beyondinfluence.com forward slash values. And you can download that chapter on values from my book. But when you really, and I got to tell you, it's going to be challenging because you're going to look, there's a lot of what I call should values, those values you think you should have, the ones that are expected. We live under the tyranny of they right? How they define success. What do they think we should do? How do they think we um, should show up? And rooting out the difference between a should value and a core value, challenging it, and, and then using that as a framework to understand how you're not only how you're really wired, but give you a peace of mind to make big decisions easier, I think is going to be, uh, it's a great first step. All right, BC Nation, go get that. Thank you, John, for your generosity. Uh, BC Nation, if you enjoy this show, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Write an honest review. Do it now. Do it today. Uh, if you like the way John showed up and it inspired you in some way, go write a review about this episode. And if I like what you write, I may or may not give you a shout out live on the show. Just saying. Why not? All right, John, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you to get your book? Where do they go? Uh, beyondinfluence.com. And then I'm on social media everywhere on LinkedIn, John Ramstead. Connect with me, Instagram, john.ramstead, uh, Twitter, jramstead, uh, Facebook, John Ramstead. 
get in touch with me. I was telling, I keep appointments in my calendar every week for people that reach out to me. And uh, somebody heard a podcast interview from two years ago that really touched them. And, and I reached right back out to them and we had a zoom call this morning and it was, it was powerful, uh, especially for, for me, it was emotional. Wow. That's uncommon to make that kind of offer that puts you at risk, puts your time at risk. Well, you know what I do? Uh, because I want to be of service because God's done so much for me, but I actually keep just two or three appointments every week mm -hmm. so I can have those conversations and do everything else that I do. But, you know, I, I want to be, you know, maybe somebody needs to talk to me or yeah. somebody else, but reach out. If you hear somebody you connect to, reach out to them. You never know what will happen when you ask. That's right. John Ramstead. Thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, Joseph. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.